Welcome to another business-orientated episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast. My name is Willem Klopper, I'm your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk about standards and regulations and the role that they play within the plumbing industry. Now, joining me for this conversation is Mr. Hermann Strauss from the PRB, or a representative of the PRB. Um, Hermann, a warm welcome to you, or shall I say a warm welcome back to you. You've been on many of these, <laughs> these episodes, podcasts and podcasts. Hi, thank you, Willem. Um, it's good to be back. Always, always good to have a discussion, um, share some of the some of the experiences we we, we encounter. Yeah, and, and, and relay that knowledge to you know to our listeners, mm. our viewers, and our yes. our listeners out there. So, Herman, there's much that can be said about standards and regulations, especially about the fact that it pertains to, or that there are regulations and standards that pertain to the plumbing industry, yes. and that plumbers are, in a way, sort of compelled to work or comply with these. Yes. Um, so, but before we get there, we're going to go into a quick ad break. So, for our listeners and our viewers out there, please do stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Good day. How can I help you? Hi. I'm here to log in my COCs, but I seem to be having an issue with my computer. No problem. But did you know that you can log your COCs using an app on your cell phone? Oh, what app is that? It's called The App Plumber. Do you have a smartphone with you? Yes, I do. Oh, well, let me show you how it works. Not only can you access your PRB profile on The App Plumber, but you can also earn CPD points while exploring the plumbing industry in the palm of your hand. Download the app from Google Play Store and join thousands of other happy users. Welcome back to a lacquer business orientated episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper, and Mr. Hermann Strauss of the PRB. In this episode, Hermann and I are talking about regulations and standards, specifically those that apply to the plumbing industry or the trade yes. of plumbing. Hermann, uh, I did say that I welcomed you back, but for those listeners and viewers who are not familiar with who you are and how you fit into the spectrum, please just give a quick introduction to our audience. Oh, thanks, Willem. Well, okay, so my name is Hermann Strauss. Um, I do represent the, the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. I fulfill the role of audit manager. So I look after the auditing uh, COC process, customer complaints and so on at the, at the PRB. It's, it's not the only thing I do. I, I work for different organizations. But I mean, my, my issue, I, I, I've been working with standards, um, with a technical environment for a bit over 25 years now. Getting close to 30 years now, thinking back. Sure. Um, so I've been dealing with, with standards. I've been serving on various national and international standards committees within the mechanical, plumbing, thermal insulation, that type of um, environments. Even so the I've construction been, industry, you said? Uh, also in the construction industry, we're dealing with, with a lot of those things. At the, at the moment, we're still busy with that on, on other projects as well. So this is something that I've been, been passionately about. Um, you can see the importance and the role that the standards are playing in the industry in what we do every day and how it affects the consumers. So I quite enjoy that part and I'm quite fortunate to be able to, to assist the PRB in, um, on, on this side of the, of the regulations and the standards as well. We're talking about standards and regulations. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's a burning question of many of our listeners and our viewers, you know, on their minds and their hearts is to know 
What do, let's differentiate between the two. What's the difference between a regulation and a standard? It's a big difference. <laughs> I, I think, you know what, we often come across plumbers, especially in the plumbing industry, where people talk about the, the, the SABS regulations and, and so on. Uh, let's look at the terminology because there's, there's quite a significant difference between that. Mm. A regulation is, let's keep it simple, it's, it's law. It's law. part of the legislative system. It's something that government implements. We can discuss what is a law. I mean, mm. everything starts with the... With the uh, constitution that creates uh, legislation, there's acts in place, under the acts various re uh, regulations are promulgated. Now what? It is legislation, summarize it, uh, regulation is legislation that governs the, the whole country, mm. what the rest of the country has to do. Or perhaps it governs a trade or an industry for it, that matter. It, it covers various different centers. There's regulations for health and safety, for a trade Trades of plumbing, building environment, medical environment, uh, road traffic, anything you can think of. Anything referenced in the constitution, which is mm. just about everything. Yeah. So that is regulations. A standard is something completely different. A standard is, let's say, it's a, it's a technical document. Most of the time a standard is technical. It's a list of minimum requirements. Mm. This is typically where you can have a list, like in the plumbing industry, look at the standard for Tapware, for instance, it's a document, it's got a list of requirements. A tap should be strong enough to withstand certain forces. A tap should be able to operate so many 250,000 cycles for argument. Closing, for instance, opening and closing. Opening and closing without leaking and so on and so on. So it's a list of requirements, well, the minimum valve, requirements. The valve yeah. in it should, should be able to withstand this amount of pressure. That, that is correct. And that's a, that's, it's physical testing that laboratories will do to, to verify that. Similarly, there's standards for installations. Um, like the installations we're dealing with in the plumbing industry, 102.52, and all of those ones, where there's a list of requirements for installation of components. So what often happens is a regulation that says the country... Everybody in the country should comply with that. That regulation might refer to a standard. Mm. In other words, the regulation says your plumbing shall be safe. And to make sure your plumbing is safe, it shall be installed in accordance with SANS 10254, ah. as an example. Okay. So the standard becomes, it becomes important to comply with the standard. Because it's referenced in the regulation, it effectively becomes a it falls under the regulations. What, what the, the terminology used in the Standards Act is it, they say it becomes incorporated, which makes it law on its own. Mm. Herman, okay, so it sounds like a regulation can even make reference to and sort of legally compel people to work according to the requirements of applicable standards. Yes. So, so let's ask this question. Why is it important for the plumbing industry as well as plumbing tools, the products they use, the materials of which, you know, the pipes are made and things like that, um, and even the installations, the actual work they do. Why is it important for this to be regulated and, and for standards to exist, to tell people how it should be and how, what is the important, what, what role does it I can it play? give you a quick answer then, we are <laughs> done with this thing. <laughs> the reason is to keep us all safe, mm. to keep us all alive and to uh, create a community where we can thrive. That's 
The simplified reason. Mm. I think to unpack that, remember there's a reason why regulations, all regulations, there's a reason why they implement mm. it because there's something behind it. Mm. It is not just rules to say, let's all make sure it looks the same or it feels the mm. same. It's to protect ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, and our environment. Yes, and our environment. I think it, it is so important to remember that plumbing, from a visual perspective, it looks quite simple. Mm. But it really is not. <laughs> it, it is such a critical aspect of, a, of the construction, a critical aspect. Just think about this. For a human to survive, you need to drink water. Mm. Otherwise, you cannot survive. Healthy, clean water. Exactly. That's what you, need, what, what you have to do that. Plumbing supply that to the building. Mm. And it needs to make sure that whatever is supplied to the human to survive is clean, it's healthy, it can sustain life. Sure. At the same time, Humans um, have waste. Human have waste. waste. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so human waste has got the potential to 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 cause um, illness, to to spread disease. It's a so health concern and human, a health risk. Yes, human waste has to be removed and transported safely and disposed away, of safely. disposed and protect the, the the inhabitants of a building from all of the pathogens and stuff that is released mm. in the human waste system. So it, it becomes important for all of that to be done. It, it goes further than that. I mean, that is what we see in the building ourselves, in the household. Further than that, it goes towards the municipal infrastructure. The, there's a whole infrastructure exactly. behind supplying the water, behind removing the, the waste. waste. And all of these things need to fit together. So for me as a, as a consumer, as a homeowner, I, I don't really understand all of that. I don't. I mean, you can't really expect me to understand all of all, everything that happened there. All I know is this is important. Mm. This is important for my safety, for my family's safety. So, how does government make sure that the people of the country is safe within this environment? Implement regulations. regulations. Make sure that regulations that the standards are aligned to protect the consumer, to make sure that the consumer get what we need. Mm -hmm. And then also the standard that comes in, because we're talking about regulation, yes. but also the standards play a role, because certainly regulation makes provision for keeping things safe and making sure that it's sustainable and Absolutely. safe for the consumers and for, for, for society and civilization or whatever the case may be. But also the standards then bring that technical aspect of it to say that, you know, in order to achieve that, here are some technical yes. specifications, either how an insulation should be or how a product should be in order to achieve what the Absolutely. regulations stipulated. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Very interesting. Yes. Herman, there's a lot more. I've got quite a few more questions yeah. for you because this to me is a, yeah. it's, it's your passion, but I'm getting more passionate about <laughs> asking these questions and I want to learn more. And I'm sure that our audience and our listeners yeah. and our viewers want to learn more as well. But before we carry on with our conversation, let's cross over to a quick ad break. Please do stay tuned. Please watch those ads because they're specifically for you um, and they carry value to you. Herman and I will be right back right after this. It's an exciting time to be a professionally registered plumber. The PIRB's leaderboard provides plumbers with the opportunity to be placed onto a ranking system to see how they perform amongst their peers around the country. This ranking system enables both plumbers and consumers to identify top local plumbers and monitor their performance nationally and regionally. 
Consumers will always look for the best and at the top is where you'd want to be. It is therefore very important to be dedicated to continuously upskilling yourself through continuous professional development activities. The CPD points you accumulate during the CPD program will allow you to be rated on the leaderboard as you grow. The ranking system runs on a three-month rolling average where you can find yourself at the very top by accumulating more points than your peers. Top-ranked plumbers also stand a chance to win prizes through a lucky draw, where winners are announced on the PIRB's Plumbing 101 shows on YouTube. Do not miss out on the opportunity to be highlighted as an elite plumber in South Africa. Start accumulating points and become one of the best. Get skilled, get rewarded. Welcome back to this episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast in which Herman Strauss from the PRB and myself are having a conversation or a discussion about standards and regulations and especially those applicable to the plumbing industry. Now, just before we went into our ad break, Herman, um, we discussed, the we differentiated between what a standard is and what a regulation is. Um, and we also discussed the importance of why why are certain things regulated? Why is the plumbing industry regulated? Why are there standards to, to tell plumbers and, and manufacturers how things should be and how, how, what, what a certain thing must be able to, to achieve and those kind of things? So, Herman, we know now that sort of government is responsible to, you know, to come up with uh, and impl implement and enforce uh, law, legislation, and yeah. regulation for that matter. But my question now is, where do standards then come from? Because in our, in, our, in our earlier questions, we said that a regulation can refer to a standard in order to achieve the, you know, the regulation um, or compliance yeah. to the regulation. Who compiles standards? Where? Yeah. It's an it's, it's a interesting, uh, interesting question. I've, I've had so many opinions on where people think standards come from. But again, let's just put it in one simple perspective. In especially regulated standards like this, government says we need plumbing to be safe. Mm. But government don't necessarily have the expertise. Mm. They have to get experts to work on the standard, experts to, to compile this list of technical requirements. That is, that is critical. So that function falls under the Standards Act. Mm -hmm. specifies how that is and you can read up all about the whole process <laughs> makes for interesting it's, it's something reading. to regulate how standards should be compiled. there's a there's a regulation <laughs> on how to standards are written and so on let's keep it simple for now so sabs the south african bureau of standards is appointed to manage the process okay so they don't decide there's no uh, this uh, it, it's not a room full of scientists that decide what goes into the standard it, the SABS has got the responsibility to get a committee together uh -huh. that manages these standards, that decide what goes into the standards. So now you need expertise. So again, just one step backwards. If you look at what, what did we say, what's the reason for a standard? is to make sure that you, that you know that everything is in place. Mm. It's sort of, I like to, to call it, it's covering your blind spot. While I'm focusing there, I might miss something else over there. Mm -hmm. And if you follow the standard, you cover everything. Mm. You cover the blind spot that you that you had. So to make sure all of that happens is there has to be experts from all the different fields in that standards organization. Mm -hmm. So a typical uh, 
standards committee. It's called a technical committee. So that technical committee will have representatives from technical organizations. IOPSA for one is a member on that. They bring technical expertise. There are members from um, engineering with engineering expertise that also represent engineering environment mm. to contribute to that. There are government representatives that brings the, the government's perspective, the regulation perspective mm. to the committee to make sure that whatever is in the standard can be regulated yes. as they as they're supposed to be. Consumers. Consumers are represented. Consumer organizations what? are represented in committees like that. And they are often you will also find, I mean, something like plumbing is white. There's, there's a variety of technical aspects in plumbing. Exactly. Some plumbers focus on domestic installations. Some focus on industrial installations. Some, well, it's a lot more. Let me not yeah, mention all of that. Huge commercial buildings and but, those kind of things. It's not just your regular maintenance yes. plumber that quickly changes a tap or a fix a, fixes a burst pipe. Yes. There's a lot more to plumbing yes. than what the average consumer knows of. Correct. And, 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 so there's technical experts from the different things. Insurance industries, that oh, wow. plays a critical role across the board. They, rep they are represented on these committees. So at the end of the day, you have a committee. I think most of the committees uh, is, tend to be between 10 and um, some of the big committees go up to 30, 35 people, 35 different representatives on a single committee that have the ultimate responsibility to ensure that the standard, the requirement in that standards are correct, mm. safe, is applicable. So there's a whole process of checks and balances that a standard has to go through. Again, I can give you some bedtime reading to read up <laughs> on the whole process. It is, we, we often want it to go faster. You want yeah. something to be done today. Mm. But with all the checks and balances in place, it does take some time. But that time that it takes ensures that everything is catered for, that every aspect of the country, any grouping of the country, has got the opportunity to contribute, to comment on that. I mean, that's, it's one, one, one thing that people also don't often understand. Uh, aware of is the fact that every single standard before it is published gets circulated for three months mm. for public comment. So every, every citizen of the country mm. has got the right to look at any standard before it gets published or before it gets amended or anything. They've got for three months time to read that, to comment on that, to submit the comments and that all of that comments uh, by law has to be reviewed by the technical committee before the standard can be published. So this is not something that, that blindsides anybody exactly. and that suddenly jumps into place and, oh, now somebody slipped mm. a, re a requirement into, into this regulation. There's a, there's a thorough process of checks and balances in place mm. to create a standard. So, and to make sure that it covers all of the different aspects that it should, be, should cover. That's one of the important factors that I yes. wanted to mention now, yeah. is the fact that you know, it covers, because there's so many things that are, let's use yes. the, the phrase or term, regulated by, by standards. Yeah. Say how it should, the, you know, the, aspect, mm. the technical aspects of products, materials, methods of how things Correct. should be, installations, those kind of things. Um, and it's to ensure, I always say, to ensure optimal functionality as well as safety for the consumer, for the environment, as well as the installer at the end of the day. Ab ab absolutely. And it's also interesting to, to note, uh, especially in, in our current environment, the, the, through the regulations, through the Standards Act, through the SABS, there's a lot of work being done to make sure that our standards are aligned with the international standards, oh, yeah. are aligned with international practices. 
So what, what happens in our environment also doesn't happen in a silo. Mm. Um, when new things comes, um, becomes available, when there's new trends internationally, all of that is looked at by the technical committee to see how it can be brought into the process, into the standards, whether it should be or not. Sometimes it's something that should be avoided within our country, within our environment. Sometimes it's something that should be embraced. Exactly. Because All of that is, is being considered and... Yeah, because our laws and regulations are yeah. not necessarily the same as, you know, worldwide, but there are similarities worldwide. And That's there correct. are things that are, uh, you know, the best way of doing something in globally, internationally, throughout the, the world um, yes. that can be implemented here. Absolutely. It, yeah. Herman, I want to ask you, let's talk about implementation. Let's talk about compliance and enforcement. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the different role players and how everybody comes together to say there are different role players. Um, off air, before we started recording, we mentioned that even the consumer has a role yeah. to play in, to, in, to ensure that there is compliance with the regulation and the, the, you know, the, the requirements of the standards. It's not only government's responsibility. It's not only the plumbing industries. Let's have a look at that. What is your perspective on that? At the end of the day, it's, what, it's about what we do, how we handle it for ourselves. Whose problem is it? Is it my problem is it, or is it somebody else's problem? Let's take, again, let's just, just take a step backwards, keep it, <laughs> keep it simple. So if we talk about compliance, regulation, we know that, I mean, as in a traffic environment, you see the, the traffic officials, you know they're there to keep everything um, in place and to follow that process. It's not exactly the same within the plumbing environment. We have very good regulations and good standards in the plumbing environment to keep us safe. But we have to be realistic as well and we have to be honest with ourselves in the fact that they, we, we know that there are no single authority appoint, appointed to, to make sure everything happens with the plumbing, that all the installations is correct and that all of that is alive. There are various. There are, through the building regulations, there are specific requirements um, and specific organizations appointed to do certain functions. Through the water services regulations, even the Consumer Protection Act, through various aspects, it comes down. So we can try and unpack and nitpick who's responsible and what. And it, the fact of the matter is, let's, let's bring it back home. Me as a consumer, what does it mean for me? What do I do? So... Very important, the, through the various legislations, me as the owner carries the responsibility. I am legally, legally responsible for my house, for my plumbing, for my family and my children. That's who I'm responsible for. So I carry the responsibility, which means it implies that I now have to make sure that the plumbing complies. Well, electricity, uh, everything else out, out, out there as well. And the question becomes how? Mm. how? How do I do that? What can I do to make sure that the, that the plumbing complies? I mean, it's not realistic for a homeowner to go and study up all of, this, all of the plumbing standards. Definitely not. I've counted the other day. I think we stand on about, if you include the components and installations, it's on around about 153 standards. <laughs> you might have to go and study if you that want apply to. apply to the plumbing yeah. industry. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> Let's, let's not go there. The fact, the fact is, it's not reasonable to expect the consumer to have the technical knowledge to know what's right and what is wrong. What the consumer can do 
is make sure that whenever any plumbing work is done, it is done correctly. How do I do that? Make sure you use a qualified plumber, somebody that you know has got the training, somebody that you know understands what the requirements are, somebody that you know that can do that correctly. Plus, very importantly, somebody that you know that can advise you if your current plumbing is not correct. Yes. Um, it's a very, very important thing because, again, it's something, it's just a fact of life that we have to realize. A lot of the plumbing installations simply is not correct, simply has got some risks involved for that. So you want the plumber to come to you and say, I can do this work for you. I can guarantee that it will be according to the, the regulations, according to the standards. I can tell you what is wrong with your current things so that I can help you make it safe. Think of your, yourself, think of your family, think of your children. That's where your responsibility. Never mind the environment, water sustainability, it yes, goes much further exactly. than that. But think of all of that. So what can you do? Make sure you use that. That brings the next question. How? How do I know? Do I interview <laughs> a number of Each plumbers? Plumber. Ask them the questions. I don't know. People won't even know what, what yeah. questions to ask. Which is obviously where the PRB comes into play. So if a plumber can show that he is a licensed plumber with a PRB, you know everything is in place. Mm. You know that his qualification has been verified. He or she. Yeah. Their they, qualification have been verified. You know that they have been tested to see whether they understand the legislation. Sure. You know that they have the backing of the PRB to help them and to educate them to grow and to see where, they, where things go wrong, that they get the, ex, the additional knowledge in order to continue doing it right and better mm -hmm. and so on. So if a plumber can show that he's a licensed plumber, you know all of that is, is, is in place. I mean, even better, ask for a COC on mm. all of the work, certificate, certificate of, of compliance. compliance, because there's a lot of checks and balances, different discussion that you can go, but ask for a COC to be issued on the, um, plumbing, work. On the plumbing work. It brings additional accountability to that process. Mm. I, must, I must say at this stage, just, just for clarity, let's, let's be, again, realistic about this mm. as well. It does not mean that if a plumber is not licensed, that is not a good plumber. Exactly. The registration with the PRB, with a professional body, is still a voluntary um, process. A plumber may choose to do plumbing. And there are good plumbers that are not licensed plumbers. Okay. Um, but we can't speak on their behalf. Yeah. I cannot instruct you and tell you how to verify that. What we can tell you is when the plumber is a licensed plumber, the checks and balances are right definitely in place. In place. And that yes. is definitely one of the best ways to verify that a plumber is capable and is likely to give you the service that you really, really need. Herman, it is, it is always interesting to know. Um, we are running out of yes. time and we ha have oh. drawn to a close of this episode. Surely there's much that can be said about this and we can continue yes. this conversation mm -hmm. for hours at end. Um, but the mere fact is that there are different role players when it yes. comes to ensuring that uh, things happen mm -hmm. in compliance with the regulations as well as you know the the, the applicable standards that that people specifically people in specific mm -hmm. business or industries or trades should comply with um, and even the consumer has a role to play in there we, you know you can pinpoint it down to um, you know government's responsibility is that uh, the plumbers themselves have that responsibility uh, the industry bodies like the PIRB and 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 IOPSA have these responsibilities 
but it's always interesting to know that even the consumer ha has a role to play and that they can do something by simply choosing correctly uh, qualified and professional yes. uh, tradespeople to work and, Absolutely. and, and to conduct the work. Yes. Always good to have you on the shows, Herman. And uh, thank, thank you, you for having shared this and having clarified a couple mm -hmm. of things. I know for a fact that many of our audience members, our listeners and our viewers, you know, have had burning questions, whether they're plumbers, whether they're consumers, they have had, and, and we'll do a follow-up on this, definitely. <laughs> always interesting. <laughs> so for our listeners and our viewers out there, that draws to a conclusion of, or an end, at least, for this specific episode of between uh, the discussion between Herman and myself. Um, and as we just said, there's a lot more that can be said about this, so I think we'll do a follow-up episode soon. Um, but don't go away yet. Herman and I will say goodbye, but for you, our listeners and our viewers, especially the plumbers, Right after this, there's some awesomely interesting industry announcements. Do stay tuned for those. And goodbye. Only one month left till our annual Champions for Charity event takes place and the tickets for attending the event are selling fast. Don't miss your opportunity to be part of this great charity event. Buy your tickets now at www championsforcharity.co.za Don't miss out on the KZN Plumbers Evening today, the 28th of June, starting at 5pm at Plumlink in Manaba Beach. Hope to see you there. The BRB's National Roadshow is in Limpopo next week. Be sure to come and interact with us on Monday, the 3rd of July at Tile Africa in Toyando. And on Tuesday, the 4th of July, we will be at Buco in Polokwane. See you there. Lastly, remember that you can book advertising space on any of the PIRB's video productions to promote your products, services or brand to a great audience of plumbers. Contact us at marketing at PIRB.co.za or call us at 0861 747 275 to find out more.